there and welcome to The C Word with me, Beck Hughes. I'm a brand consultant, graphic designer, business coach for creatives and creative coach for businesses. Here, we'll talk about creative with a capital C. Excuse ums, ahs, pauses and playfulness. This podcast is recorded with passion and purpose and we're not here to worry about the polish. This is where you'll find brand, design, business and blue sky chats. Along with my guests, I'll share tips, advice and inspiration for your creative business with plenty of laughs along the way. We'll join the dots between creative and business because when the two meet, that's where the growth, the good times and the magic happen. Let's go. Welcome to the C Word podcast with me, your host, Beck Hughes. Now, for this first episode, I thought I'd do something either a bit cute and quirky, or maybe it's just completely weird. But we'll see how it goes. What I'm going to do is interview myself. So I've picked some of my favorite questions that others have asked me in the past, and I've thrown in some of my own as well. And my aim is to share a bit more about me so you can get to know the person behind the potty voice. So without further ado, let's dive in and see what juicy bits I had to share with me. So hello, Beck, and welcome to your podcast. My first question for you should be an easy one. It's a little bit of a warm up one. What I want to know is, what is your favourite book, your favourite colour, song, food, drink and TV show? Okay, my favourite book, I might do fiction and non-fiction actually, because I can't pick one I don't think. So favourite book, I would say childhood book would have to be The Magic Faraway Tree by Enid Blyton. That was just such a magical story that I absolutely love. And I must have read over and over and over again as a kid. And the favorite, my favorite book as an adult has to be Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell. It's such a creatively structured story and so intriguing and so immersive that was a book I just couldn't put down. Non-fiction, I'd have to choose Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I know that's a lot of people's pick. But the main reason for me was a specific thing that I achieved out of reading that book. So I've been a nail biter all of my life. I've tried so many ways to stop biting my nails. I remember my mum used to put... Um, that horrible tasting stuff on my nails to try and stop me from biting my nails. And I just have never been able to stop. And then I read Atomic Habits last year, 2021. And in that book, he does talk about a scenario of someone giving up biting their nails. And I just, in that moment, decided that that's what I was going to do. And I did. And literally... We're 12 months, it's 12 months later, and I st- have still don't bite my nails anymore. In the past, when I've given up, it's lasted a few weeks, and then I've gone back to nibbling. So 
on that basis, and because I refer to that book very often, and my husband and I almost now joke when we start to introduce new little things into our routine, into our life, we always say, oh, that's an atomic habit. So it's been really influential. Favourite colour. This is a tough one because as a designer, my I have a love for colour and my favourite colour just tends to shift around a fair bit. But at the moment, I would choose purple, a certain shade of purple, which would be a sort of lilac, periwinkle, so a pale purple. So it's a colour that I've currently used in my branding and it's on my website and I love it. And every time I see it, it just makes me feel really happy. My favourite song, hands down, Insomnia by Faithless. That's actually an easy one. And it always takes me back to the mid-90s when I was in university in Bristol in the UK. And that song just captures that time of my life for me. My favourite food is cheese, stinky cheese. The stinkier the better. If it's on its last legs, super mouldy, I just love it. I love stinky cheese. My favourite drink, this is so rock and roll by the way, my favourite drink is Bickford's Lemon and Barley with sparkling water. It's amazing. It's a bit of a bit sugary, it's a bit of a sugar hit, but it is just so refreshing. I love that drink, it's my go-to. The TV show that I love and I'm addicted to and I could watch over and over again and never get bored of is Escape to the Chateau. Dick and Angel, they're just my heroes. I I love them both so much. Angel in particular is like my spirit animal. She's so inventive and creative and she's just so beautiful. Everything about her is just so magnetic. I love that show. Can you share something that annoys you, that really gets under your skin? What annoys me? Um, Google, just Google as a whole, but in particular, how hard Google is to navigate your way around. It's a big old mess, that one. And that's something from a customer, from a user experience point of view, they really need to sort out. I hate wet socks. It's a it, this is a real big thing for me. This gets my blood boiling is when I walk into the bathroom in particular and someone's dripped water on the floor and then I get wet socks. I can't stand it. It really bothers me. <laughs> and then there's another one. I'm sorry, maybe I'm only meant to do one here, but there's obviously a lot that annoys me. The other one is peripheral noise. If I say I'm watching the TV and someone else in the house is playing music, I can't stand it. I can't stand it when there are layers of noise going on. I have to just have one clean, clear, crisp sound in my ears. What's something you've done that you've surprised yourself with? I think when I reflect back because I think it's only when you look back with hindsight that you can see your life with a certain clarity and one of the things 
that didn't really seem significant at the time. But now when I look back, does surprise me that I did it and went through with it was coming to Australia. So I came to Australia in 2002. So I'm just coming up to my 20 year anniversary now of living in Australia. So I'm originally from the UK. And I came here to travel for 12 months. That was my plan. And even that was quite a big thing in retrospect. But I ended up really just creating a life here in Australia. And being here is hard, by the way, just as a a side note. Being away from my family is tough. But I feel like I've gained so much more and so much for my children who were born here and the life that we've created in Australia. And the other thing that surprised me, which I did last year, which didn't actually have anything to do with Atomic Habits, but it was more to do with a client that I worked with last year, Sarah Connolly, who is a very inspiring person and an advocate for alcohol-free. And she does brilliant work in encouraging the hospitality industry to offer more alcohol-free options and really talking about grey area drinking in particular. And when I worked with Sarah, it really inspired me to look at my own drinking. I just really reflected on why did I drink and why did I need to drink. So probably just over 12 months ago, I just decided I was going to cut it out and just make more alcohol-free choices. And really since then, I haven't drunk and I've done lots of things really social things and been to some big events and never felt the need to drink and that's something that has surprised me because just that social side of drinking was very big for me particularly when I worked in agency drinking was really part of having fun going out socializing but I feel pretty good about that decision and that change I've made in my life What are the things that you absolutely love? Of course, I love my family, my two amazing kids who amaze me every day with how resilient they are and the challenges that they overcome and how beautiful and happy and smiley and positive they are. My husband, who is amazing and encourages me in all of my wacky ideas and things that I want to do and my whims, And he's always there to catch my bananas, as they say. And I do love my dog, Frankie. Don't tell anyone, but I'm not afraid to admit she's my favourite child. She is just so adorable. She's a chocolate Labrador. She's four years old. She's quite small for a Labrador. She was the runt of the litter. And she is just an absolute joy. I love her so, so much. The other thing I love is costume dramas. Oh my gosh, I can't get enough of Downton Abbey, Bridgerton, Sanderton, any kind of costume drama, particularly if it's a TV series, I'm hooked. I'm there. I love it. Now, I know you're a brand consultant and a brand strategist, so can you share with us the brand or brands you most admire? Probably the brand that I most admire that has been part of my life since I was a teenager would be The Body Shop. So I discovered The Body Shop probably when I was in my early teens and it was just love. Everything about The Body Shop to me was so 
magnetic, so attractive. I just loved, I loved the products. I loved all of the different fragrances and formats. I also loved the ethics of the body shop. I am a real animal lover and always have been and have always felt very passionate about things like animal testing. And back then in the late 80s, animal testing was was something that was starting to become a big topic of conversation and it was really, really important to me then as a teenager something I became very aware of. So I was really inspired by The Body Shop and Anita Roddick as a figurehead of that brand and what they were doing in that space. So I think now looking back, what I they have done so successfully was they combined that mission and that thing that they really cared about with an amazing product. So if you weren't immersed in the cause of the body shop, you could still love so much about the product and about that experience in store. For me, going to the body shop was like going to a toy shop. It was like going to a candy store. I could spend hours walking around, unscrewing every lid, smelling every smell. I just loved it. The other brand that I admire, which is is more current, I suppose, is the Confetti Rebels. Amy is just so amazing. She's such a role model for young women, girls, all women and men, in fact. She's so inspiring in her ability to just be herself and to encourage others to be themselves and to say the things that sometimes maybe we're too reluctant to say but also she's so creative everything she comes up with is so clever so brilliant so again I suppose she's very similar in some ways to Anita Roddick I don't know if she'd see it that way but the way that she embraces and lives a cause but at the same time creates a really inviting shoppable experience is extremely clever. Who's been the most influential person in your life? That's a tough one. Overall, I would say it would have to be my dad, my dad who's no longer with us, sadly. He left school when he was 14 because his dad passed away. So he had to leave school to run the family farm because he was the only son and that's what he needed to do. However, he went on to create an amazing life for us and our family. He built a business that was very successful and he built it from nothing and became very well known in the area that we lived in. And he was very inspirational to me in that way. I suppose having a parent who had built a business and who'd been self-employed, it was never a question for me that I could or would build my own business. He'd sort of paved the way and made that seem a very natural choice for me. My dad was massively encouraging to me. He always told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. He was an engineer. And one of the things he would have loved me to have done would be to study engineering and become an engineer. But whatever I chose, he was so encouraging of me. 
And my dad loved a saying, and so many of his sayings have stuck with me in my life. One of the big ones was, if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing well. And I've lived by that. I really commit to that. I always think if it's worth putting your time into something, then it's worth giving it your all and making it the best that you can make it. What is your superpower? Someone asked me about my superpower quite recently, and it took me slightly off guard, but it didn't take me long to think about what the answer was. But I do think about this sometimes. What value do I create? What's my purpose? Why should my clients work with me? I think one of the things that I do is I have an intuitive sense of other people's value. So I can really quickly see it and identify it in just one or two conversations with them. But I can also package it up for them in a way that is very inspiring to them, where they suddenly see themselves in a way maybe they hadn't seen themselves, but also that they feel very connected with. So you've been in business for seven years back. Could you share with us what has been the most pivotal point for you in business? A pivotal point in my business was when I started to value my strategic thinking. So in my corporate days in agency, I'd worked as a brand consultant. So all of my work was very strategically led. But then when I left that world and I went into my own business, I I sort of let go of all of that strategy and that thinking Because at the time, maybe I just wanted to focus more on design and not really get into that deeper thinking. My kids were young and it just felt to me like I wanted something simpler. However, when I started to work with clients, even in small design projects, I found that I couldn't really help myself. I'd always get deeper into it, get under the skin, start thinking about and presenting a strategic-based solution. And so after a period of time, I realized that that was an opportunity I was missing. So when I started to value that strategy and make it a central part of my offer and talk about it, not just throw it into projects and not really let clients know that that was part of the service they were getting... When I started to make it part of my offer and my identity, I feel that was a really pivotal point for my business. It's when I started attracting clients that really wanted to work with me, that already knew and valued what I could do and wanted to work with me and would seek me out for that work. What do you believe is the most important thing in business? The most important thing in business is don't wait. And I've got a really current example of this. So I'm just launching my podcast. And I've thought about doing this for so long. Probably two years, it's been right at the forefront of my mind, but probably longer than that, where I've thought about, oh, I should do a podcast. And other people have said to me that I should do a podcast, that it'd be a really good fit for me. And I finally decided to do it. And now, even now, I'm kicking myself that I didn't do it sooner. So if you get an idea in your business, if you feel like you want to try something, experiment with something, don't wait, don't sit on it. Just get out there and do it. What 
is your word for 2022? Why did you choose it? And how's it going? My word for 2022 is audacious. And the reason I chose that word, and it took a bit of time, I did some thinking about this word, what it was going to be. And the reason I chose it was because I felt that I got to a point in my life and my business where I wanted to be bolder. I wanted to stop caring as much about what other people thought about the choices I was making, the actions I was taking, what I was doing in my business. And I wanted to challenge myself to make bigger, more scary decisions because I felt like that was going to be something that would really shift the dial for me. And how that's going? Well, so far this year, we've moved to Queensland from New South Wales, which was huge, which a really big move for us. I've completely changed my business model. So I've made some big changes around the kinds of services I offer and who I want to work with. I've done two photo shoots this year. And one of those in particular really challenged me and took me out of my comfort zone. And I didn't even realize it at the time because I just went into it without really even overthinking it. And in the past, I would have really overthought, how do I want to be perceived? What should I wear? Will I look corporate enough? And for this particular photo shoot, which was with Jess at The Who, I just didn't put that much thought into it. I just chose an outfit that I had with me that wasn't particularly what I thought would be appropriate or businessy, but I just went with it. And we just went out for a walk. We were in Dalesford in Victoria and we just went out for a wonder. And Jess is so wonderful and so natural and so easy to be around. And we were walking and then we saw this bus shelter, which sounds a bit strange. Um, and to some people, maybe it looks a bit strange, but it was just so funky. It was, it had been painted these bright colors and somebody had put these pink chairs in there and then created this artwork. It was a cloud with a sun behind on the wall, sort of a mural on the wall. And we both saw it and we were like, there it is. That's where we're going to do the shoot. And so we just had such fun doing it. And I absolutely adore those photos. They are everything. They have encapsulated my brand for me in a way that nobody, including myself, has been able to do. The other thing which I think is quite audacious for me is that I finally am launching my podcast. And that's a big thing for me. To stop worrying about how do I sound and what will people think and have I got enough to say. I just decided to stop caring and make the decision, even if it may be it's scary, to just go out and do it. And finally, can you share any final words of wisdom? I don't know if I'm wise or if I've got any words of wisdom, but what I would share is life's too short not to do what you love. And I don't want to sound entitled or like this is a simplistic thing, But when I see people in jobs that they hate, that don't fulfill them, living a life that isn't the life that they envisage for themselves, what I wish is that they felt empowered to change that. And a good example of how I've lived that in my life is 
when the kids were small, so probably about eight years ago now, we decided to go back to the UK for a period of time. So we were living in Australia, but we decided we wanted to go back. My dad was unwell at the time. So we packed up here in Australia, rented out our house and went back to the UK and ended up staying for 18 months. And while we were there, life was very different. We went from my husband working a very demanding job, sometimes getting home late, feeling that pressure to be at work, but also wanting to be at home with the, our small kids and spend time with them, to living a very busy life in Sydney, to being in Wales in the UK, and just feeling a lot more relaxed, feeling a lot less pressured. And one day in particular, we were out and we'd gone to a local park and we were walking around through the woods. And I said to my husband, wouldn't it be amazing if this is what life was like all the time? Because we'd made that decision that we were going to come back to Australia. And so I knew that we were probably going to go back to the old ways. But I felt like that was the life I wanted, that I wanted us to be able to spend more time together on a Tuesday, in the middle of the day, to go and have a walk and not feel like we should be anywhere else, that we could do that. And so when we came back to Australia, my husband went back to the job that he'd left. But after 12 months, we decided that we were going to make a change. And he was a very passionate amateur photographer. And we made the decision for him to go and study that and make that his career, which he has done, and done it so successfully, and loves what he does. So now we're both able to work for ourselves, to make decisions, like moving to Queensland, and have more time with our kids, that we didn't necessarily have. And I feel really lucky that we're both able to do, in our life and in our business, what we love. Thank you for listening. I hope that gave you a bit more of an insight into me and what I care about and who I am. If there are other questions that I didn't ask myself today that you would love to know about me, send me a DM or email me. Let me know what you would like to know about me. That's it for my first episode. I've loved being with you. I've really enjoyed sharing some of this insight with you. And I'll see you again next time. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Beck Hughes Branding. Now, if you're a creative and you'd like to up your business game, check out how we can work together in one of two ways. My Creative Business Incubator course is a 12-week program that teaches the essential foundations to give you clients, creative space, and cash flow, so you love and stay in love with your business. If you're a freelancer ready to actually be free, or a solo creative, and you want to grow without compromising your creative mojo or sacrificing your sanity, this is for you. 
If one-on-one is more your style, my Creative Business Insider Coaching is for creatives who have been in business for a little while and now you're ready to start doing bigger and better. We work together to take back control of your creativity, your time and your finances so you can craft a business that serves you, not one that you're a slave to. And if you're a business owner with big brand ambitions, you can join me for bespoke brand strategy creation to give you the brand everyone else wishes they had. Head on over to my website for more info. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.